Hi, I'm Renee Evans, co-senior leader of Bethel Austin. Make sure that you like and subscribe to our weekly sermons so that you don't miss what is happening here at Bethel Austin. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. And most of all, we pray that you would have an encounter with the living God today. Thank you, Jesus. How many people know the kingdom of heaven is at hand? Jesus is on the throne. Heaven is touching earth. Good things are happening. And you and I just happen to be alive for such a time as this. You know, um, last night someone showed up at church and uh, in severe severe pain, uh, severe knee pain, and they got out of their car in the parking lot and got healed, 100% healed in the parking lot before they made it in the building. Can we say it again? The kingdom of heaven is at hand, and it's, it's advancing. It's just the tip of the iceberg. How many people know that Jesus takes us from glory to glory, that there's, that there's increase um, upon us? Also, someone showed up last night and, and said, uh, I heard that this is uh, where the exorcisms happen. Can I? And uh, I mean, obviously wouldn't, we wouldn't use that language, but the point is that people are coming because they're hearing that they can get free. Come on. <clears throat> the, the unchurched are hearing that they can get free. Why? Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That his goodness is on display. How many people know that God loves to show up wherever there are hungry hearts? Are there any hungry hearts in the room this morning? Come on. Thank you, Jesus. I have, um, I have just, oh, I just love, loved worship this morning. I just feel the nearness of God. I have a real stirring in my, in my spirit for what God wants to do in this season, what he wants to build. I want the full expression of the kingdom of heaven. Anybody else feel the same way? We don't, we don't want part of the kingdom. We don't want portions of the kingdom. We don't want just the parts that, that feel nice and fuzzy. We don't want just to select uh, portions of the kingdom. We want the whole expression of the kingdom of heaven. Amen. We want, we want all of Jesus, all of his goodness, all of the kingdom, and we want the world to experience the fullness of God. Can we just pray real quick before we go on for more of the fullness of God? Thank you, Jesus. Father, we love you. We love your presence. Holy Spirit, come and keep on coming. God, have your way this morning. Father, I thank you that you... <coughs> I believe that you enjoy your time with your people even more than we enjoy it. (laughs) So God, we just thank you for being here this morning and continuing to display your goodness in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Uh, In this expression of the fullness of the kingdom, my message today is about a healthy culture of repentance. And it's, it's actually, it actually is such a, a uh, fundamental and foundation part of the kingdom, amen? <laughs> How many people know you don't get into the kingdom without first repenting? Yeah. 
that we that we need to recognize that 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 because of sin <clears throat> the world was fallen we were separated from God that we are in need of a savior and then our walk with God starts with that recognition, God, I can't do it in myself. I am not perfect. I have fallen short of the glory. I need your help, Jesus. I repent. Step into my life and be my king, my Lord, and my savior. That's where it starts, amen? But there's so much more to that. There's so much more to being a healthy body that we grow into the full expression of Jesus. So is it all right if we, if we talk about that this morning? Yeah. I love <clears throat> this quote from uh, Frank Bartleman. He says, the depth of our repentance will determine the depth of our revival. Yeah. Anybody want revival? <laughs> that, uh, say it again. The depth of our repentance will determine the depth of our revival. And, and actually, this is obviously Frank Bartleman. He was, uh, if you could say, was um, uh, the predecessor almost to the Azusa Street Revival. And, um, and th so that was obviously in history early, uh, 1904, 1905. But currently, I've gotten... Um, several key prophetic words about repentance being a key to revival, even here, what God wants to do here. <clears throat> the kingdom of heaven is at hand, as, as we've mentioned already. But that statement comes from Matthew chapter 4. It's right after Jesus is in the wilderness and he's, he is tempted by Satan and he refutes Satan and rebukes him by the word of God. And he sends Satan on his way, and it's the, the word says that he is led into the wilderness by the Spirit of God. He is tempted. He overcomes Satan, and then he comes out of the wilderness in power. And the next thing it says in Matthew 4 is that he hears that John the Baptist is imprisoned, and that that that, that is significant, it's symbolic of the, the closing of the old chapter and the opening of the new. And it says, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You know, there's something really key there. Repent for or because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And that, and that that word at hand there literally means to draw, draw near, to draw close to, to draw near, or approaching the kingdom of heaven is right here in front of you. And, I, and Jesus is saying, I am offering you the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> all you have to do is put down all the things in your heart that don't line up with me so that you can pick up what's in my heart. Repent means to change your mind, to change the inner man, particularly in a reference to acceptance of the will, will of God. To, to change the way you think, to change the inner man, to repent, uh, 
where we get the word penthouse, the, the highest calling. It means to change our mind back to or in alignment with the highest perspective of God. Repent because I'm trying to, I'm offering you the kingdom which is at hand. Now here's something really key. The, the purpose is not judgment, but the ability to receive the kingdom. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. <clears throat> In God's equation, repentance is not a negative motivator, but a positive invitation. That, that shifts everything. Really, really practical example is how many people didn't love tests in school or, or exams in school, right? That, that part of the reason is that, yes, you can get an A, right? But you can also get an F. <laughs> Those are possibilities. And the reality is that, that tests are approached, they're more negative motivators than positive motivators, I'm like, oh, I got a test. I, and the motivation is I hope I don't fail or I hope I do well so I don't get in trouble, right? The, high, the highest expression, right, is would look like I love this subject and I've learned this I've learned this information that is enriching and bettering my life and expanding my worldview. And as I take this test, it's just confirmation to me that I've mastered this information. How many people, most people don't, right? Most people don't approach exams that way. Is this sinking in? But listen. <clears throat> Religion tries to make us live like every day is the final exam, like we're going to get it wrong. But how many people know that we are in process with God? And that, that, that repentance isn't God trying to show us. It's not an exam trying to show us how much trouble we're in. God is actually trying to give us the kingdom of God. I have something beautiful and amazing and wonderful for you. I want to hand it to you. All you have to do is lay down what's in your hands so you can pick up what I'm giving to you. How many people know that's a different perspective? And even repent means to change our mindset to be in alignment with God's highest perspective. <laughs> I think we can repent on our perspective of repentance. <laughs> that, that, how many people love the fact that God meets us where we are, but then he takes us from glory to glory? He is, he is a good father. He is fantastic at taking us by our hand and walking us and growing us into the fullness that he has for us. Exams make us nervous, but how many people know a study group, no pressure? Listen, an exam, oh, lots of pressure. A study group, listen, a wrong answer in a study group is almost a positive thing. Why? Because in that context, there's space to improve. 
Oh, right, right. I didn't, I didn't get that one right again. Okay, I got to remember that. This is helping me get ready for that. But religion tells us that every day is this final exam. When God says, you're on a journey with me, life with me is one big study group. Thank you, Jesus. Religion tries to cloud repentance. It uh, shroud repentance in a cloud of fear. But what if we can change that culture? There's a, there's a church in town with the tagline, no perfect people allowed. I like it. <laughs> I would use it, but it's already taken. <clears throat> but it's, it, it resonates. Why? Because it's true. And it's, it's okay because Jesus knows it's true. That's why he came to the earth. He came to the earth because we're not perfect people. And we need a savior, (laughs) and we need a good father, and we need his help, and we couldn't do it without him. We tried and messed it up over and over and over and over again. So by his grace and his mercy, he stepped in and said, come to me, let me help you. Jesus didn't come for those who are well, he came for the sick. He comes for those who recognize their need. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> the, the word sin means to miss the mark. To miss the mark. <clears throat> growing, growing into the full image of God. Again, it's not, it's not a <clears throat> pass-fail. It's not a, a uh, true-false exam. It is a recognition in my growth process of where have I not fully hit the target, measured up to what God has for me, to the fullness that he has for me. And I constantly have the ability to go, ah, there's more. God, help me elevate. Help me hit the mark here. Help me exercise through your grace what you have for me, that God invites us to grow with him day by day. Isn't he a good father? You know, we talk a lot about accountability in in church, in the body of Christ. But what if we could change our perspective, even what accountability looks like? What if accountability isn't, I hold up. I hold up judgment or a mirror to you about what you've done wrong or what you've done right. Accountability, accountability like that is scary. You come to me and let's talk about all that you've, that you've done wrong. Where true accountability is I hold you to the highest call of God for your life. Again, it's, this, it's, it's the same at some level, but the perspective that we're approaching it is completely different. They both can involve, hey, let's talk about where you didn't, where you missed the mark. But, the, but one is pass fail, and the other is, oh, I am keeping 
I, as an accountability partner for you, I'm keeping the perspective that God has for you in mind, and I'm calling you up to that. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Open your Bibles to John chapter 8. We're going to read about our good father. Jesus is in the house. Anybody thankful for what Jesus has done for you? Thank you, Jesus. In John chapter 8, I love, I love this story. It's, uh, you know, it's called the story of the woman caught in adultery, but really it's the story of a good, of a good God. The story isn't as much about her. The story really is about how he responds. Anybody with me? In John 8, let's start from the beginning. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he went back into the temple courts. All the people came to him, and he sat down to teach them. The scribes and Pharisees, however, brought him a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before them and said, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. So what do you say? They said this to test him in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and began to write on the ground with his finger. When they continued to question him, he straightened up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to cast a stone at her. And again he bent down and wrote on the ground. When they heard this, they began to go away one by one, beginning with the older ones until only Jesus was left with the woman standing there. Then Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are your accusers? Has no one condemned you? No one, Lord, she answered. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Now go and sin no more. There's a couple of really key points here. That it starts with, early in the morning, he went back into the temple courts. This scene happens in the temple courts where Jesus was teaching and the Pharisees, right, the religious leaders of the day, those who, who out, throughout scripture represent cold, dead religion, those who represent religion tried to make the temple courts the judgment seat, but Jesus flipped it back to the mercy seat. They came and said, where is the judgment? And Jesus said, I'll show you the ways of the kingdom. Let me extend mercy. And he, and he painted brilliantly. We don't know what he wrote on the ground. We sure, I sure wish I knew, right? We don't know what he wrote on the ground. But he paints this picture. He who is without sin, throw the first stone. He paints a picture. Listen, there's no perfect people in this equation. The, the tagline, no perfect people allowed. Basically, that's what Jesus just said. <clears throat> he who's perfect, throw the first stone, and no one cast a stone. And in fact, they started to peel, the, peel off the older ones first. Why? They got the biggest laundry list. 
They begin to peel off one by one until they're all gone. Then Jesus straightened up, asked her, woman, where are your accusers? Has no one condemned you? No one, Lord, she answered. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Now listen to this. Now go and sin no more. How many people know that's an important statement? Because the religious leaders, right, cold, dead religion, when they hear you talk about mercy instead of judgment, they will throw out terms like sloppy grace. Oh, they don't teach repentance. Well, listen, Jesus extended grace and then said, go and sin no more. How many people know that grace with clear truth, with, uh, how did I write that? <laughs> Thank you. Grace with clarity is truth. That Jesus, that, that Jesus recognized, we need to recognize that grace is actually the vehicle or the empowerment that gives us the ability not to sin any longer. <laughs> if judgment was the vehicle that empowered us not to sin any longer, then that would have worked before Jesus showed up on the scene. <laughs> judgment doesn't bring empowerment, but grace does. Jesus didn't say, listen, I don't condemn you. Just go ahead and keep doing what you're doing. It's all good. I don't really care. How many people know that's not what Jesus said? <clears throat> but he recognized that by extending mercy in that moment, she had a revelation of the goodness of the Father. She maybe for the first time in her life had a revelation of unconditional love. How many people know that it starts, this, starts with Jesus' preaching? His whole ministry starts with repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. How many people know that that woman just had a firsthand encounter with the love of the kingdom of heaven? And in that moment, how many, listen, it doesn't say exactly, but how many people you know in your know, you, she walked out of there transformed. Not going back to her old lifestyle because she had an encounter with the love and the mercy and the grace of the Father. Grace is the vehicle that empowers us to triumph over sin. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. In Ephesians 2, it says, by grace, you have been saved. Grace is the empowerment that triumphs over sin. I want to talk a little bit about <clears> that <throat> this is such a foundational reality of the kingdom. And again, I hope we've I hope we've made the point clear that it's not a it's not a score sheet, it's not a it's not an exam, it's not a like how, did I get an A, a B, a C today? Am I, am I scoring 80%? Like, no. That God as a good father wants to step into our equation, grab us by the hand, and walk with us and grow us into the fullness that he has for us. And this, the, this foundational reality 
Repentance is not because God wants to show you how bad you're doing. It's because he wants to give you the kingdom. Then how many people want more individuals to get healed as they step out of the car? The depth of our repentance will determine the depth of our revival. <laughs> how many people want more individuals, unchurched people who are tormented to come in because they know people get free here? <laughs> How many of you want more marriages restored? <laughs> that Jesus, <laughs> thank you, Father. <laughs> He's not coming as a taskmaster <laughs> to heap on again. Look, you didn't do it right again. No. He's saying, get that stuff out of the way so I can give you all the goodness that I have for you. And here's what I want to I hit with our time left is I believe that we are so ingrained. No one wants to carry around weight and shame. Can anyone agree with that? Like no one wakes up going, oh, I love this shame. I love this weight. I just, this would never go away. That would be ideal. No one. No one feels that way. And in fact, God, when Holy Spirit steps into us, something comes alive in us of like, we just want to be clean, stay clean, live clean, right? Listen, we want to be able to confess our stuff so easily, but here's what I want. The biggest part is a fear of how we're going to be received when we do. So if we want to change culture around this thing, I believe one of the biggest things we can do is get really good at receiving people in love and in mercy and with grace <laughs> who have something to share, confess, get off their chests. Why? Because that's what our king modeled for us. How many people want to be like Jesus? When Peter asked at the 18, how many times should I forgive a brother who sinned against me? Seven times? And Jesus said, how about 70 times seven? <laughs> Again, how many people want to be like Jesus? <laughs> Our ability to be like Jesus, right? <clears throat> when when, when the altar, when the temple, when the house of God, and listen, how many people know in the new covenant that we are the temple of God? It can be up here at this altar. It can be you sitting in, in your car with a brother who's got something to share. It can be at a home group. It doesn't matter, right? But when we can shift the altar from the judgment seat back to the mercy seat, We are representing the kingdom of heaven. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> the, <clears throat> I love, I got this from Danny Silk. He teaches us, and I love this. We religionists try to ingrain in us that people who repent need to be punished. And therefore, Nobody wants to repent because they're afraid of being punished. 
But what if instead of punishment, they receive love and mercy and grace with the clarity, hey, this grace is the vehicle that allows you to go and sin no more. It's not a license just to keep doing what you're doing, but it is, it is a commitment that I'm going to step into your story with you, not judge you, not condemn you, but hold your hand and help you walk into wholeness and the fullness that God has for you. Danny points out that that religion, uh, you know, a, a lot of church history is that when someone, when someone confesses something, we, we punish them, we shun them, we correct them, we distance ourselves from them, right? Oh, you just confessed to, you know, whatever it is. You, oh, you had an affair. Oh, here you go. You stay over there. You go into purgatory for the next six years. And maybe if you serve your time well, we'll slowly let you back in. Anyone seen that? Here's the, here's the problem, though. Danny points out that that person who just confessed brought repentance. Now, listen, confession and repentance are different. Confession is the communication, right? But repentance is the heart. Confession, though, is the vehicle that repentance is expressed through. But Danny, Danny brings to the point that the person who just repented, truly, from their heart, is now the healthiest version of that person you've known. Because, because what the church has done in the past, they've been all kumbaya with whoever, like, oh, you're awesome, and you, you have a false pretense, you have this facade, and you look holy, you look amazing, you look, and oh, I, you're awesome, but then as soon as you reveal a crack, it's like, oh, no, you stay over there. Your, your truth is messing up my facade. And we push them over there, right? But by God's equation, he says they, God looks down and says they just stepped into health. You've been communing with that person in their hidden broken state for how long? And you've been okay with that. As soon as they get healthy, now you're not okay with it? That is not the time to push people away. That's the time to embrace people. I'm celebrating your health with you. Yeah, but I just confessed to ABC. I know. That's the first step to getting fully free and whole. Come here. Let me hold you and hug you and celebrate with you. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> We're... Most of us are familiar with the, the verse, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. But what is the context of that verse? And I <clears throat> repent, right? <clears throat> it's not a scorecard. It's from God's equation. It's, hey, get that stuff out of the way so that you can receive what I'm freely trying to give you. It's his good pleasure to give us the keys of the kingdom. <clears throat> that, that the king, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
How many people know that is where people find salvation? That is where people find wholeness. That is where dent, dental miracles happen just sitting in service. That is where tum brain tumors disappear. That is where marriages are restored. Right? That is where torment disappears. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. That, that when we let go, we put down that stuff and the kingdom comes. How many people know that opens the doorway to healing? How many people would like more healing to happen? How many people would like more restorations to happen? How many people would like more healthy families? Oh, that got quiet. More healthy families, more healthy marriages, more healthy children, right? And in a city impacted by Jesus, we need the kingdom that is at hand. We need to be able to fully embrace it. Listen, the context, the, the fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The context, it's in James chapter 5. I'm going to read it. If you want to go back, starting in verse 13, James 5. It, listen, it starts here. It starts with God's giving a key to healing and being free of torment and suffering. James 5, verse 13, is any among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing songs. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the, and the prayers of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. And here it is. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Same verse. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I'm going to read verse 16 again. Confess your trespasses or sins to one another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. God, God is wanting to answer our prayers. God is wanting to pour out favor and blessing and breakthrough. God is wanting to release healing the overflow of his goodness, the, the effective prayers of a righteous man, but he gives us a key here. He says, get that other stuff out of the way so that your prayers aren't hindered. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you're standing in clarity, you're standing in an open heaven. <sighs> and when we pray to that place, Kaboom. <laughs> the very next verse, just as a bonus, the very next verse, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed three years and six months, and he, <clears throat> and he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. <clears throat> He prayed three years, six months, and there was no rain. Then he prayed again, and the rain came, and the earth produces fruit. How many people think that's powerful prayer? That yeah. why is that verse in there right after what we just read? Because God is trying to paint a picture for us what's available. Yeah. 
Guess I'm preaching to myself this morning. (laughs) Charles Finney, can I get someone to come up on the keys, please? Charles Finney says this, a revival is nothing else than a new beginning of obedience to God. Charles Finney, a revival is nothing else than a new beginning of obedience to God. Henry Allen Ironside, God is looking for broken men who have judged themselves in the light of the cross. When he, when God wants anything done, he takes up men who have come to the end of themselves, whose confidence is not in themselves but in God. Come on. We're being built up for a dwelling place of God, a temple of the Holy Spirit. That I've referenced the verse over and over again Leviticus 26 12. It says, Clear out the old and make room for the new. I will walk amongst you and be your God, and you will be my people. Clear out the old and make room for the new. But the point that I want to pray over us, and I want to, I want to invite you to join, not just with me, but with Jesus, because he's our model, amen? He's our model, and he gives us great examples all through Scripture that Jesus shifted the judgment seat back to the mercy seat. And no one, no one, no one wakes up going, I love this weight and this shame. I just want to hold on to this forever. No one. I believe that when the Holy Spirit comes in us, it just, it becomes natural just to say, hey, I need help with this. Hey, I haven't hit the mark here. Hey, I'm not doing great here. Hey, help me. Pray for me. Let's do this together. It's, it's in childlike faith. That's supposed to be natural. And I believe I don't believe, I know that is the way of the kingdom, and that is what gets imparted to us in salvation. Someone say, thank you, Jesus. But religion over time has tried to squash that down, and what happens is we want that, but we're, we're afraid that we're not going to receive the mercy seat, we're going to receive the judgment seat. We want to shift the culture, all that has to happen is we need to present the mercy seat. Hey... I'm not afraid of your mess. I'm not afraid of your mess. I got some mess of my own. We're not perfect. Cleaning up stuff isn't a one-time event. It's a lifestyle. It's called growth. (laughs) If we could create a a culture that isn't about the judgment seat, but it's a, a culture that celebrates growth. Whoa, thank you for sharing what you just shared. You just stepped into health. Let's celebrate together. What if people got celebrated for confession? Let's meet after. 
I, I, I really, I, I, I value your heart. Sometimes things are done better one-on-one. Let's meet after. Let's do that. There was, we had a class, a good friend of mine was teaching a class here a year and a half ago, and uh, God said, hey, when you go to teach class today, I want you to, I want you to confess and repent openly. How many people know that's not what you expect to hear when you're preparing your notes for class? What? What, God? He said, when you do, it's going to model and create a place of freedom for others to step into. And it's a hard thing to hear, let's be honest. He said, God, I need confirmation. He said, God, if that's you, I want someone to look at me and say, does anybody have anything they want to confess? So he's... So he says that to God, he's teaching his class. He had another friend come up and share an exhortation during the class. The person sharing the exhortation at the end, he goes, I feel like we're just supposed to wait on God. So they're standing there for a moment. He goes, I don't know what to do. But then he looks at the friend leading the class, he goes, does anybody have anything they want to confess? <laughs> Ouch. Let's be real, right? He didn't do it. He was scared, he, but he went home, he wrestled with God. He's like, God, you even, you even answered my fleece. And I didn't do it. He said, all right, so it, it had to do with some stuff with, uh, in the past from their marriage. And so he's like, well, he, so he talked to his wife. He said, when I go back next week, I feel like I'm supposed to do this. Is that okay? She said, okay. She said, I'll come with you. He went, and the next week, he said, he said, listen, I'm going to take a big risk here. And I don't know how this is going to go. We're about to find out what kind of culture we have here. And he just started saying, listen, this is what's happened in the past. This is, this is where I've messed up. This is what, where I missed the mark. And he started laying out there. But instead of judgment, he received mercy, love, hugs, embraces, but it didn't stop there. Another, and then 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 another, and it wasn't surface level stuff. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't surface, it got deep and deeper and deeper and stuff that people have carried their whole life and never told anyone. They, they found a place of freedom to let it go, and do you know what happened? Heaven happened. Heaven crashed in on that place, and there was hugs and tears and wholeness and healing. Bodies started to get healed, and, and, and God broke out, and it didn't stop there. When they came back next week, heaven was hovering, and the next week, heaven was hovering. Why? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Here's what I, I want to do. <clears throat> This isn't a run-up here if you have something to share. There's nothing wrong with that. This is who wants to be like Jesus? Who wants to step in with us and create a culture that says, we're going to model the mercy seat? Who wants to be a part of this culture that says, I'm not afraid of your junk? 
that if you come to me, you're going to receive mercy. You're going to receive grace. I'm going to be one that celebrates with you. Listen, we're all, we're all ministers of the gospel, amen? We're a kingdom of priests. Who wants to be like Jesus? I'm going to, I'm, I'm literally, I'm going to ask you right now, uh, <clears throat> and if it's not you, then it's not you, but I'm going to ask you, essentially, by standing up to sign up for, you know what, I want to be a part of this movement that demonstrates the mercy seat of God. I want to be a part of creating a culture that is a safe place. If that's you, I just want you, invite you to stand to your feet. And you're, wow, look at that. Now you're saying people can bring their junk to you, and you're going to be okay with it. You're going to laugh with them, cry with them, hold them, celebrate with them, pray with them, and be okay. <laughs> look around. Look around. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of people who aren't afraid of your junk. <laughs> I don't know about you, but that makes me happy. <laughs> Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is hand, and the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> well, what if repentance doesn't bring heaviness but celebration? What if this is a joyous moment right here? <laughs> Anybody want to give Jesus some praise at this very moment? Anybody want to thank him? for the community that you stand in, for the people that you're surrounded surrounded by, for the model that he is, that he says, put your hand on your heart and we're gonna pray. Hmm. <clears throat> Ministry team, you can begin to make your way up to the front. That would be great. We're just gonna pray and this is it. I wanna be part of shifting culture and part of a community that isn't afraid of people's junk, that I am willing to be part of your story and walk with you and cry with you and celebrate with you. So Father, yeah, actually, let's pray, let's pray this together. Pray with me. Father, I give my heart to be modeled after yours, to demonstrate not the judgment seat, but the mercy seat to respond in love and to extend grace, to extend mercy, and to celebrate with people as they step into freedom. Jesus, I determined to be a safe place. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.